Hey, you're listening to The Weekly Bakay, hosted by Toby, Jasmine, and Sophie. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Weekly Bake. This is Jasmine. This is Sophie. And you heard Sophie cackling in the background because <laughs> we have tried to start recording this episode for the past five minutes, and <laughs> things were just not working, but here we are. I know, our group chat's going off right now, so you've got it too. <laughs> Sophie's <laughs> out here popping off. Oh my god, okay. Um, but yes, guys. To another episode. Episode, episode, episode. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Was it our second I mean, one for now? Yeah, second I mean, one of the year. Second. February third. February third. Oh. We're doing big and better things. Yeah. So how was everybody's January? Long. Well, <laughs> the January felt like a whole year in itself. What about you? Yeah. What about you, Tobes? It was very busy. I mean, because I started off the year on a plane then was in Berlin for like 10 days for work and then came back. Things have been busy, but good. No, that's great. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Just around. Uh, Okay, let's get started. Oh, wait, Sophie, you didn't say anything. Oh, wait, Sophie did. How's school going so far? My school's wild. My school's crazy. But um, January was at least five years long, so I've definitely aged a little bit. Um. (laughs) But it was been, it's been good. I'm looking forward to 2019. I'm so happy that um, we have 11 months left. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then moving on to what's been popping in pop culture. Obviously, tonight is a Super Bowl. Patriots versus the Rams. But in other news, Travis Scott will be taking the stage tonight during the halftime performance. Right? Yeah. Something like that. Sorry, what? Is it a with Maroon 5? Yes, with Maroon 5. I'm sorry. No shade, no shade. You know what I mean. Does Maroon 5 know what you mean, Toby? No, I apologize to Maroon 5. No, me and my roommate were just talking about how we're like, okay, at least we know there will be songs that all of us know uh, being performed. There yeah, will be songs but... that will appeal to everybody. It's yeah. a big stage. It's a really big stage. Right. The Super Bowl is like yeah. all the Grammys. Right. I mean, I understand the controversy that's stemming around it right now. Because I, really, I was really excited when I first found out that Travis was performing. And then I realized, you know, like um, a lot of a lot of black artists weren't like they weren't commi- they weren't wanting to perform at the Super Bowl because of, like they, they turned it down. Out. Yeah. Which I which I understand. So it is. um yeah, it, 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 it just is, like, not, like, bittersweet, but it's just kind of, like, overall, like, how much can you really enjoy this performance? It's like, yeah, it's Travis. We love Travis. It was lit. World was, like, the music event of 2018, but at the same time, yeah. you know, like, there's yeah. other, there's more important um, behind-the-scenes, like, things going on with NFL right now. NFL's under a lot of shit. Yeah. For a lot yeah. of under i mean the the nfl commissioner is a big old cheater like he just sucks and then we have mm-hmm. two cheat like i mean bill belichick and tom brady are like cheaters mm-hmm. like, but cheat right. and you know and of course they're back and they Super Bowl for like this 15,000th time right and don't get me wrong i'm salty because that should have been the fucking chiefs yeah, like yeah. you know we're we're all repping kc like fuck like fuck you tom brady i'm sorry mom i know my mom loves tom brady 
I'm, I'm sorry, she does. sorry, Giselle. I love Giselle, but like, no. Like, and then, and also, obviously, a main thing that we're not bringing up is the fact that like all the black artists turned them down because they're in support of Colin Kaepernick, which mm-hmm. I respect and which I also align with. So it's like, okay, Travis, what makes you the one who decides not to turn down the offer? And it's like, there's been a lot of talks here and stuff too, like in Europe, people being like, oh, like he just wanted to collect the check. And I'm like, that's what it feels like. But it's like, how big of a check were you getting that compared to all these, all the success that you've gained over the past years, and especially with World, that like you still felt the need to perform. But I don't know, maybe I'm hoping that he'll surprise us and have some sort of like statement or something to show like, hey, like, yeah, I'm performing on the stage, but I'm still with all y'all, you know? But then yeah. again, I, I don't feel like that's not really Travis's MO. So I don't really know if that's gonna happen. But I see, I mean, I see the annoyance of why people are annoyed as to why he's performing. I was a little bit disappointed as well when I found out. Yeah. Um, But no, you make a great point, Tobes. I'm like, how fat is this check? Because like, you have what, he has like, what, like four La Ferraris now? And that's a car that retails for like 1.2 million euros. I'm like, boy, like. You don't don't need that point. I don't know. I don't know what check you need to be collecting from the NFL. I also know like, you know, like they don't really pay well when you're black so amen yeah like i don't it's not worth it it's just something to look forward to i mean travis has kind of big not big shoes to fill but like i think a lot of people are going to be looking at him and expecting things so i'm looking forward to it also like i love moon five so (laughs) (laughs) no they do have bother me i was thinking i'm like we've been listening to maroon five since we could speak essentially like they've just always been around so there's no way yeah, we're gonna know every song they perform. For sure. No, I'm excited. And I like, I mean, Adam Levine's cute or whatever. Yeah. He cute, whatever. But it, speaking of, <laughs> oh my gosh, speaking of performances, so is Blink 182 ever gonna perform at Firefest? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue. That's yeah, a good what segue, Sophie. Beautiful segue. Oh my, can we just, wow. That- Will they ever perform at Firefest? Will hell ever freeze over? Will pigs ever fly? I mean, these are just common day conspiracies at this point. Okay, so Tobes, you watched the Netflix documentary. So give us your thoughts on the Netflix one. Yeah, so for those of you who are a little bit confused as to what we're referring to, (laughs) uh, Sophie's comment was about the ordeal that was Firefest that took place in 2017 and then the documentary that dropped this year well there's two the netflix and the hulu i watched the netflix one and my thoughts well first of all really dislike this guy and he was just i like i remember seeing all the reactions after the movie came out and people are just like yeah this is like the epitome of like white male privilege at its finest and like all of this yeah yeah and just watching just watching like him bamboozle everyone from his staff to the people on the island like it was sad to watch it was sad it's so upsetting I mean yeah obviously like he effed over a lot of people but like the Hulu side definitely hones in on not like hones in but definitely talks about the perspective of the geographical location that Pirate Fest was being held at Mm -hmm. um people that worked there that 
thought that they were going to get a paycheck and never got a paycheck. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's really upsetting. Right. Especially- I mean, he exploited these natives because, you know, the, pe- the people that were, li- like, the locals that were living in the Bahamas that, you know, helped out with this, they they were very vocal about the fact that they are hardworking people. You know, it's a, it's a place, it's a place that's very impoverished that he took advantage of that they, and they, they were promised, like, that they were going to get paid. They were promised all these checks to be compensated for mm-hmm. all their hard work. And then they mm-hmm. put in, you know, like, what is it? Was it like a month, a couple months, like straight? It was a few months of like grueling, like manual labor. Grueling, yeah. grueling labor. And yes. And for, like, for those of you who are a little bit confused, sorry to jump in, Jasmine, okay. but I realized we didn't do a good job of describing what really happened. So Firefest was the greatest music festival slash experience that never happened. And basically they flew out, um, they flew out, a, like, the co-founder and then Ja Rule, the rapper, like, flew out a bunch um, of models and influencers. Yeah, don't forget Ja Rule and all this. He's kind of low-key skating, like, under the radar. <laughs> I'm just like, what? I mean, yeah, so basically they flew out a bunch of models and influencers, etc., to, like, film this huge, like, grandiose um commercial per se like with an agency to like hype up people over Firefest. there was tons of like promotion um through all these models and influencers like kendall jenner and bella Hadid, et cetera, et cetera, that really like brought a round of hype around this and it was probably that how much did people pay for these tickets does anyone remember well i mean it it depended it depends on like the kind of package that you get yeah. that you wanted because like they were promising um, really lavish villas, and they were prom- they were promising private yacht parties with all these influencers and models. So yeah. Was, but I, and then I, they had them in tents. Yeah. Then they had exactly. them in tents. No, they and then and what and like what's really shitty is they went so they promised them these villas, this lavish condo, these like nice mansions, and when and when like the when the consumers <laughs> finally arrived at the campsite for for the correct term, it was. The, the like the, they were they were hurricane tents yeah. it was like tents that they used it's for like hurricane rescue yeah. yeah for like refugees and stuff um but yeah people i mean people were spending up to like a quarter of a million dollars like i can't remember if the, like i heard a figure of eight hundred thousand dollars um i don't remember if that i think that was actually like an investor giving money but he would basically what's also shitty about all of this is you guys are probably wondering oh like how how did, was he able to pull the funds to you know like to even try to build this if this party that never happened well he basically fabricated numbers that he would show to investors and they would just give him you know millions or they'd give him a, or they'd give him like a hundred like a few hundred thousand dollars he would fabricate numbers and tell them that they pay that they have all these artists lined up that they paid these artists and then he would show that to the investors and the investors would be like, oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, he's being charged with like wire fraud, um, just oh, a whole bunch of like you, shit. You like, know, and I'm sitting here like, he thinking when I'm watching this documentary, like he must be a great talker. Mm-hmm. Like he must be a smooth talker, but he was hella tweaking the whole entire time that he was getting like interviewed mm-hmm. saying that he can't talk about this for the for the hulu documentary if you guys haven't watched the hulu docu- documentary version of it you totally should if you have access to it just because the, the hulu documentary um is very number and fact heavy and there's lots of experts that kind of they kind of like oversaw or they kind of like from afar watched the production of this failure happen and then and then are now giving hulu their like their insight and their credentials of what they believe um, what was really going down because I mean there were when when the numbers are finally broken down he would tell people um, oh I rec- I have 
a million dollars in um, assets with Facebook, and he had like six thousand. Yeah, like not anything near what he was telling. He's a bunch of bullshit. That's what he is. He's a fraud, and it's just it's just interesting to see. Right. The privilege. Yeah. <laughs> the privilege. Like. Yeah. And it's sad all the people that were affected by it, et cetera. And then I just wonder where the careers of the people that worked at FIRE, because FIRE was a corporation, well, a startup before, because for booking talent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there was, there was fraud there too. But the idea behind the actual like FIRE app was really cool, like being oh, able yeah. to book talent and things um, for your own like personal parties and endeavors because I feel like they're kind of bridging the gap between um us and like our favorite artists and influencers etc right um, to kind of like like basically make any party you're like super sweet 16 but anyways I mean this yeah. guy clearly uh, I mean he used his intelligence to scam hundreds of people well the thousands when you include all the attendees but well, I mean, if you're gonna drop that much for a music festival, exactly. If you're if you're gonna drop that much fucking money to go see Blink One Eighty Two in the Bahamas, you honestly kind of deserve that because you know how much it costs to vacation in the Bahamas, and you know how how much it costs to go see Blink One Eighty Two. Not six figures, people. Like, do the math. Yeah. And yeah. and I mean, and I think too, like what both um, documentaries were just trying to highlight was kind of the era of FOMO in our generation, how people, you know, when mm-hmm. people see it on social media, they see like the they see like this like lavish, happy, um, top tier lifestyle that they that like, you can have access to if you just pay this money. And um, I think that's why like it's that's why the scam was so easy to pull off because he was basically just like tugging at the heartstrings of millennials who wanted to be a part of the in crowd. And I think what's also surprising is how after he got arrested and was released on bail, this bitch was still pulling scams. You know, because they, they after, after... I remember, yeah. Didn't yeah, he hire he, another kid to come yeah, work for him? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he was selling tickets to the Met Gala, which if, if yeah. you know anything about the fucking Met Gala... If you're and the Grammys and everywhere. Going. <laughs> like, if Anna Wintour doesn't want you there, you're not there. You can't get you it, can't baby. Get, yeah. Tickets to what? <laughs> yeah. Tickets to the, the gates outside. Right. Well, and then they noticed that the people that the people that were receiving these emails, um, that were receiving these emails were people that were on the email chain of Firefest. And that's how they kind of put two and two together. And and then essentially, like I know I think on the Hulu documentary, someone that had worked for him realized that um, realized that he would, so he would claim, like, for example, one of the, one of the examples that she used was he would tell people, I have, um, these tickets to Hamilton on Broadway, super exclusive, like great deal, yada, 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 give me this amount of money, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then people would pay him all this money and then he wouldn't be able, and he wouldn't be able to give them tickets until the, the, literally the night of, he would be handing out tickets in line uh, in the in line of people like waiting yeah. for, to to get in, but then that money would come from that money to pay for those Hamilton tickets would come from another scam that he did prior before, because um, because then he would be like, oh, I had these tickets to Beyonce and Jay Z that are super exclusive. Give me this amount of money, and people were realizing that he was just putting out all these like ads of telling people that he had tickets to these events to collect that money to pay for other debt that he had from other events that he claimed that he had access to, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? I hope I no, explained that well. No. Yeah, I'm um, like crazy about something. Yeah, that's exactly like, what Just a con artist. Uh, like, to a T. That's exactly what it is. So he's going to be in jail for, like, six years, hopefully more. Um, 
He'll be back. No, he'll definitely be back. He's probably scamming from jail right now. Yeah, right. Seriously, he's the woes. Okay, so moving on to other, not scams, but semi-scams. Rihanna has been scamming <laughs> us fans on the low for how long has it been? Maybe eight months now, like teasing and joking about like dropping new music. But she's been busy, obviously, with all of her different business endeavors, which she's, of course, slaying the game at. But yeah. I feel like every single week, a different article is coming out about how, oh, Rihanna's album is almost done. Or this morning, I saw an article saying that her album is actually done. And you have fans tweeting, oh, I can't wait for R9. Like, R9, like, better be the best Rihanna album of all time. And it's like, at this point, I don't even know this album exists. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, where does she have the time to create this album? Because I'm like, with, with Fenty Beauty popping, now we got lingerie happening. Yeah, and sadly. like, right, it's Valentine's Day, right? Like, Valentine's yeah. Day is coming up. Like, I'm like, where does she have the time? But, um, you know, I know, I mean, of course, we're all very antsy to hear another album because anti was is is was a fire album it's still on the charts years later um you know i was just telling toby and sophie that i still bopped like kiss it better and oh. yeah i said it like it was the first time i ever heard it um but you know i i feel like i feel like it's kind of like how beyonce does it like we wait years for craft and then when we get it it's it's beyond worth the wait because she i wonder who because she cooperated with nerd Oh. Yeah. Oh, and Lemon dropped. Lemon dropped beginning of 2018. So because of these things, we forgot that she didn't really drop an album. Yeah, true. And then she had Wild Thoughts in 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she had big chart topping singles. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 it's fine. And I think like the only I don't know because I'm Toby would be getting all the tea because I had no idea that this was there was even the tease to it. <laughs> I think the only thing that I ever saw was that. Her interacting with her fans on through her Instagram, mm, mm-hmm. her Instagram comments, people were like, "Where's the album, bitch?" And then she'll like comment, <laughs> she'll like comment back, be like, "Yeah, that helps." And she's like great with her fans and everything. Yeah. But you know, she just had like you said, like she had like this really big Fenty launch with like new um, concealers and loose powders, all that kind of stuff. She has a lot of her on her plate. But I'm expecting an album. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna say right. I want it. It's been three three years. This this time. It's been three years. 2016. Yeah, I think so. Oh, 2016. She dropped anti. I I don't you know honestly in my opinion I don't know if she ever top work. Work was like yeah work work was like the summer anthem. I oh know. yes. Work, yeah, every club, every party. I know work is like the song that like if I need to be. If it's time for me to turn up, yeah. you're throwing on work and I'm getting mm-hmm. crazy. Right. Oh, do you guys remember Wild Thoughts? That was another bop. I just said that it came out 2017. Oh, I know. Wow, wow. <laughs> I know you want to see me naked, naked, naked. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, see, I think that was another song that distracted us, too. Yeah. I, I said that. You did. Oh, I'm sitting here silently like, I said that two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're good. You're good. I'm sitting here like that meme of that lady with her sunglasses on her bed, but really like, okay, waiting for them to realize I said this three minutes ago. Right. We just, Anti ways. Yeah, I just. Anti ways. Yeah. Anti ways. Moving on to other things coming out. I know Jasmine added um, the Ted Bundy docu series on Netflix, and then also the Zac Efron 
film doesn't it have a really long title the ted bunny yeah, movie it's uh, like I, yeah. I don't i couldn't remember i should have written it down i'm sorry that i didn't i'm sorry that we're not coming with you guys but with like a factual name but yeah there is a there is um a new film coming out um like that hollywood has sen- is sensationalizing that zach efron is starring in as ted bundy yeah it's a it's a long ass title that <laughs> basically describes like who ted bundy is but y'all, yeah. if you haven't watched this docu-series on Netflix, you need to. It's a four-part docu-series that basically, um, I know there was a lot of controversy about it because people were like, why are we focusing so much on the killer, not like on the victims, which I totally understand. Um, but what what I appreciated about the, do- what, about the docu-series is that it was very fact-heavy. Um, it kind of, it, it finally, because I've always heard, like for me personally, I've always heard about Ted Bundy, I've always kind of briefly heard his name. However, I had only heard a perspective of like, oh, he was this charming serial killer, like blah, blah, blah. Like I never really heard like the facts of it. I never really heard the magnitude of, I mean, he's a serial killer. So like, I, you know, but I never really heard the magnitude of how severe like these, like this murder spree was. So essentially um, like the docuseries just kind of go, kind of gives, kind of goes in because he, it goes, um, this journalist that went to interview him before, before his um, execution on death row, because Ted Bundy wanted to essentially um, plead that he was not guilty. He, so he was hoping this would, this would be an opportunity for, for him to showcase that he wasn't guilty. Um, however, as he got more comfortable with the journalist and like these, and like you actually hear like tape recordings of their interviews, you can kind of like see how it evolves into him being a fucking psychotic. Um, and because, and I think what, what was also very shocking about Ted Bundy, sorry, um, <laughs> I think what was also very shocking about Ted Bundy is the fact that he really didn't come across as a typical serial killer, which I know a lot of people are saying. Um, and you're kind of like, what the fuck is this typical serial killer? But he was very charming. Um, he was very well educated. He he didn't have a father figure in his life, but uh, but allegedly he grew up with a very great childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his mother really loved him. His mother, for the longest part, while he was on trial, believed that he wasn't guilty. Um, there are there are speculations that he died on death row with her believing that he still wasn't guilty. Um, he, I think, he killed approximately thirty women in six different states. Um, yeah. And I think for me, what was really shocking about the docu series is the fact that. It's just to see how much our legal system dropped the fucking ball in the 70s. Like, he, he escaped twice, and the second time the he escaped... Twice! Twice! twice. And the so. second time he escaped, he was gone for, I think, over 60 days because he had... What? Yeah. yeah. So he, had taken, he had taken a different identity in Florida, and one day he got pulled over because his, he was, like, driving really weird, and... Um, they, they ran the plates and it was a stolen car, blah, blah, blah. So when he was going, when he was arrested for that, the, per, the person that he alleged to be contacted the police and were like, um, that's not me. I'm actually at home. Not yeah. like, and so then what was also really fucking sketchy is um, he didn't identify himself and they allowed him to be unidentifiable for weeks. And his lawyer had tried to be like, he just he's entitled to bail like that's his right but the, luckily the judge was like um we can't give we can't put him on bond because we don't know who he is and oh. so for weeks they held him in prison without knowing who he was and then finally he agreed to a deal that he would tell them who he was for an exchange of a phone call 
when they find when he finally told them who he was, they were like, "Oh, this man is one of the top ten most wanted in the country." And I was like, "Why the fuck was that not the first place you guys checked?" Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There was just so many. Um, I, I definitely believe now um, it would be harder to get away with just like the way technology has advanced and the way that how how much our legal system has improved. There's still tons of work for them to do, though. Don't get me wrong. Just with how much um, the legal system has evolved, it's definitely harder to get away with being a serial killer now, but I fucking can definitely understand how it was so easy then. And also, well, like, this guy, you guys have to understand the character of this guy. Like, it was so fucking crazy because he he was his own lawyer. He, like, he, like tried to, in court, he, like, testified, he, like, played his own lawyer. He also proposed to his own wife while she was on the stand testifying his character and then they conceived a child while he was in prison like uh it was yeah it was just um it's a lot it's yeah it is a lot it's terrifying also yeah Yeah, exactly Exactly. because his and i mean jasmine made a point about how she's like oh i don't think that you can necessarily get away with this in this time and day but i feel like media obviously always reflects society and we just talked about the Netflix series you last week and he was getting away with everything that he was doing I'm not saying that oh because that fictional tv show said it could happen it could happen but now I'm kind of like hmm right I don't know well and my, my worry too is is I'm like who who's watching this Netflix docuseries taking notes and like trying to you know trying to be like oh how can I cover it up now modern day but you know mm-hmm. whatever that's a different that's a different um that, that can be a different episode or different episode for us to talk about. Um, and, I, and I think what's also just really terrifying about the whole thing as a whole is his victims were all the same. They were all, they were all young, 20-year-old college women. Actually, but one of his victims was a 12-year-old girl, yeah. was the youngest. Yeah, and, um, and, you know, and, and I think, too, so kind of segueing into the Zac Efron movie, why there's so much controversy and just so many mixed reactions about it is because – um, you know, there are still living victims and there yeah. are still, or not living victims, but living families of those victims. There was one victim that got away when she was, when he was trying to kidnap her that, that did, that did, um, give testimonials in the, in the Netflix series, mm-hmm. but then also. Oh, she- she's the one that got interviewed on Dr. Phil or something too. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't watch on the Dr. Phil, but then also, you know, it, I think for me, it was just really shocking to see how close in time this still was because there were there were people in the docuseries that were his childhood friends that were you know giving their perspective of who they thought who he was as a person and how they couldn't believe that he could ever have grown up to be this man and you know this much of a monster and and so I think that's why the film now was like Efron is sparking so much um so many mixed uh emotions because um one people are like oh he's being romanticized and there are people that are trying to um trying to to defend the motive of of the film and be like well that's the point is they're trying to show you how the media portrayed him back then um for you to understand why it was so hard to convict him and why it was so hard for um like his his victim that got away to be you know for people to believe her which i understand but at the same time there's now people on twitter like oh my god i love zach efron I would have, like, I love, like, Ted Bundy is the dream, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why is Okay, but I don't blame, whoa, whoa, whoa. On the other side, I don't blame the director and the movie for the way that it is because that just goes to show 
how believable this guy was because Zach Efron is portraying a character. He didn't, they didn't make up this person. It'd be different if this were a made up story, but also I don't think so because it also just shows the effects and like how possible it is for these things to happen in real life because it did. I just think it goes to show how terrifying it is that like, yeah, a woman fell in love with him and people could and he was able to commit all these things because of the person that he was. Like the fact that they're young, impressionable, impressionable, (laughs) I can't speak, impressionable women like who are like oh my god yes exactly from this and that like obviously what they're saying is wrong but it's like that's just scary that like a movie is able to like portray a character so accurately that young people are like wow like oh my god ted bundy heart eyes that's terrifying i think i think and i think that's why the um like the mixed feelings are coming into place because people's reactions to it also um also, too, there's a lot of people that are like, this is what he would have wanted because he like he he was he even like said it himself that, you know, he was going to be more famous than anything. And here we are oh, 30 gosh. years long after his execution, still talking about him. Yeah. And now there's a Hollywood film being made yeah. about him. Um, Serial killers are the new Kardashians. Yeah. And that's yeah. all. And there was Great. a film also like some years ago, too. This is the second one. Yeah. Well, yeah. just even like there's Mindhunters on Netflix. There was a BTK, mm-hmm. which is a big serial killer that was um, a couple hours away from where we are at right now. Just, um, I mean, people are really. Or even remember In Cold Blood? Yeah, that happened in uh, Kansas, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it's, I mean, obviously it's, it's super interesting and like people want to like know about these stories and give truth to these victims. And, but I just think that media is just kind of taking them and going with them because like the audience does find it intriguing, but also it's just a really fine line about how can you not romanticize it, but also like tell the truth. Right. Especially mm-hmm. with like uh, just media and the Hollywood and everything. I mean, like every, they just try to make everything sexy and serial killers are not sexy. They're yeah. scary. Yeah. Um, Who's? I mean, at this point, it's like, who's going to be the next big serial killer? Mm-hmm. Who's going to do this just to get clout? Right. I mean, this is just me speaking, like, in modern day terms. But, like, yeah. not just for clout, but people no, want to be... You're not wrong, yeah. you know? Because people, people see... Um, people see that, like, oh, like that's how I can be known. You know, because we focus on the killer, not on the victim. Kind of type yeah. thing. Oh, well, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but we all know it takes a very, very messed up individual to think that way or i don't want to say maybe i should say unstable uh yeah so it's just that's terrifying i don't really want to think about that but it is something to think about yeah 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 check out the check out the docuseries if you haven't yet um it's really interesting it's very fact heavy and it just gives you it it gives it's it gives you a really nice unbiased perspective of who he was because it it takes away the like the media sensational like the sensationalized Mm like portion of it it really just gives you like facts um and you get to hear you get to hear his like voice and i think i think the craziest thing that i that i just to close this um clip the craziest thing that i took away from it is the journalist would so ted bundy had bright blue eyes and the journalist said that when he finally would open up about like these crimes and the things that he did his pupils would get so big that his eyes would go black completely black that what? yeah and you could see it because yeah. Yeah. i'm not gonna sleep for a week so that's yeah. great yeah that is great yeah catch me not watching that yeah but, no. it, 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 yeah it, you have you have to have a strong strong heart yeah for good, definitely i'm still getting over you the netflix series oh, and I'm being not. scared so yeah but then i guess moving on to lighter topics 
the weekly playlist. Yes. Start us off, Toe. Okay. So in terms of things that I've been listening to, I actually like juggled back and forth because I've somehow the past two, three weeks just been uncovering so many gems that I had to narrow down to two. And the first one is La Di Da by Lennon Stella. And I didn't know who she was before, but you guys remember that really popular show like Nashville that was on CMT with Hayden Panettiere? Yes. Um, Yeah, apparently she was one of the young actresses on it. And she's only 19, but she's just now starting her solo career. And this girl's voice, just so soulful and like calming. And she like very simple acoustics and like instrumental, but just like carries it with her voice and nice easy melody um she recently dropped an ep and this is my favorite song off of it and i think it's the most popular as well so definitely give it a listen and then in terms of another song but way 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 more low-key i recently discovered this r&b and soul band on pitchfork called saint mella i don't even know where they're from but they're like a four-person band like literally when i say like you can't they don't have a wikipedia page so like they're so 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 underground and um a song they just dropped their first ep called um the first bloom and the song off of it that i'm just like enchanted by at the moment is called rootless and literally the song is under like four thousand plays it's i don't even know how to describe it it's like you guys just have to listen to it it's like new age r&b and soul like really simple instrumental but extremely groovy beat and then like the kind of like 70s, 80s type R&B vocal, just a whole mission. Like if you were to extract like a song from that era and put it now with like the production quality and things that we have in 2019, that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just groovy. 100% grooves. Give it a listen. Ooh, I like that. Groovy. I like that. Um, yeah. Adjective. Yeah. Um, so things that I've been listening to, I'm trying to get more into female artists, um, just because I realize I don't listen to a lot of female artists, and we're always like, we're always like women empowerment, you know, like duh, because yeah. like women are we run the world, like we're. Um, so, uh, so you guys know that I, um, I'm kind of a stand for Chantel Jeffries. I actually I love like her YouTube vlogs because right now YouTube is something I'm really into. Also, shameless plug, check out mine. Yes, So. She dropped a song just recently called Facts that features YG, Rich the Kid, and I think BIA is how you say it. It's like B-I-A, all caps. Um, and I and it, what's nice, it's like this song is a finally a different sound than like all of the other um, singles she's been dropping. Because like I also have been listening to her other single, Better, which features um, Block Boy and Bori. And that one, that one kind of sticks to like the whole like fun, um, clubby kind of like edm summer vibes i guess the best way to explain that whereas facts is more is more like hip-hop you know we, we have like rappers into it it's, it's really it's kind of um it, it, it it's kind of, it kind of fits more up my alley with like what i've been listening to when it comes to just like um like rap and my trap music uh so check out check out the, both of those songs um and then also i recently got into madison beer i don't really know why i just like i was just like randomly going through my apple music and yeah, I love the sound of her voice. Um, like she, she's a pretty girl, talented, kind of low key, and I, I was kind of about it. She has a her new single right now is "Hurts Like Hell" featuring Offset. Just a really cool pop beat, and also to hear Offset in a pop song was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. um, it was just like he was really out of his element, um, but he he killed it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've really been listening to. What about you, Soph? 
So this is like kind of like a curveball. I've been listening to Fleetwood. <laughs> okay. I've been listening to Fleetwood Mac a lot. Um, one of my roommates who has impeccable taste, I talk about her music taste all the time, Taylor. Her song for January was Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. And if you don't listen to Fleetwood Mac, do it. They're like really like whimsical. And like, I feel like I'm kind of like a sea creature or something. Like oh, there's yeah. just so much fun. And like Stevie Nicks is a modern day God. Like she's, a, she's a goddess. Yeah. Um, so Gypsy was being played a lot in my apartment and it just like made me want to listen to every other Fleetwood Mac song that I'm obsessed with. So I've been listening to Dreams, Everywhere, Little Lies, You Make Love and Fun. Uh, it just, I just kind of wish I was around for that era. Yeah. Like it's just cute. It's, it's cute music. It makes you happy. Um, but yeah, it's something that I've definitely been listening to. Also, I think I'm going to start listening to Queen a lot more because I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it so good? It gave me chills. Like, it's just, I mean, the beginning of it's a little slow, don't get me wrong, but, like, the ending mm-hmm. of it, there, I mean, it literally brings tears to your eyes. I'm like, you haven't seen music like that for a long time. And also, yep. I totally forgot how many bangers Queen has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, I think I might just, like, go back in time a little bit and hit up the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. 70s. Yeah. Listen to some old music, but yeah, I've been listening to Fleetwood Mac a lot. Probably start listening to Queen a lot. Yes, yeah. I'm here for it. Well, in that case, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Um, expect many more episodes to come. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media and to like, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Yes. Um... What? So our website. KKF.strikeunity.com. Hit us up there. Hit us up on all of our personal platforms Instagram, Twitter, my personal favorite. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Self make it rain. That's me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Once again, this is Jasmine. This is Sophie. And this is Toby. And you've been listening to The The Weekly. Bye, guys. Bye.